Hello, friends, and welcome to Everyday Truth with Kurt Skelly. We're here to show that the Bible is relevant to your life every single day. We're so glad you joined us here for the conversation as we go verse by verse through the book of Jeremiah. Our series, The Hard Truth, is looking at this Old Testament prophet's messages of sorrow, judgment, and hope. Now, let's join Kurt for today's episode. Hello, friends, and welcome back to a brand new chapter in our study of the book of Jeremiah. We're in chapter number 20 today. And I love this chapter because there's something about us human beings that we just love stories. We love to hear a story, a real life story, because I think it helps us to understand truth better when we see truth and the principles of truth wrapped up in someone else's experience. I think about that famous verse, in James chapter 5, where James encouraged his readers to take my brethren, the prophets, who have spoken in the name of the Lord for an example of suffering affliction and of patience. In other words, James said, think about the, the life and stories of these people in the Old Testament. Think about how God worked in their life and the example that they were. It's, it's hard sometimes in our own experience to, to learn lessons because we don't see how things are going to work out. Uh, we, we only know what we know now. We don't know how things are going to unfold. That's why it's important for us to study the lives of others who have lived their entire life, to look at examples in the Bible where God gives commentary, because it's only as we see the big picture that eternity looking in on temporality, eternity looking in on a life can help us to see that we get proper perspective. So here in Jeremiah chapter 20, we have a story, something that happened to Jeremiah. It was awful, awful what happened to him, and yet how God used him and what we learn from it is just priceless. So look at Jeremiah chapter number 20 and verse number one, where uh, the Bible says, now Pasher, the son of Immer, or Immer, the priest, who was also chief governor in the house of the Lord, heard that Jeremiah prophesied these things. So a couple questions. First of all, what is the governor of the house of the Lord? It would be very similar to the ruler of the synagogue. So remember, remember in the outlying towns uh, after the Babylonian captivity, not, not yet in this time of Jeremiah's day, but later on, the ruler of the synagogue, for instance, Jairus, remember him in Luke chapter 7, uh, their job was to make sure that the synagogue worship and even the synagogue facility itself was cared for. They kind of uh, oversaw those things. And so the, the, the governor of the house of the Lord would be an assistant to the high priest uh, he would have great influence, great power. He would be the guy that had the keys to everything. And so when Pasher, this guy Pasher, became aware of the kinds of things Jeremiah was saying, remember last chapter, Jeremiah brought the some of the leadership outside to the Valley of Hinnom and preached that message when broke that bottle. And remember at the end of the chapter, how Jeremiah went to the court of the house of God and began to publicly preach uh, that judgment was coming? Well, I mean, here's Pasher. He has a responsibility to maintain order and, and 
decorum in the house of God. And here's this Jeremiah that's preaching this doom and gloom message that he doesn't like it and he's raining on his parade. And so Pasher is going to do something about this. And watch what he does in verse number two. Then Pasher smote Jeremiah, the prophet, and put him in the stocks. So he smote him. This is more than just slapping him on the face. Uh, to smite and put in stocks was a public form of punishment. So the smiting here most likely meant that he went through a formal flogging. Uh, maybe the 40 stripes saved one. Uh, but some kind of a formal, physical, public punishment. Can you picture that? Can you picture Jeremiah, who's been nothing but faithful to the Lord? Jeremiah, who's already suffered the rejection of friends and family and, and colleagues. Jeremiah, who for years now has been preaching this message, and it just doesn't seem like the message is coming to pass. It's, it seems like it's business as usual in the city. And even though Jeremiah's talking about a coming judgment, it doesn't look like a judgment's coming. And all his friends and fellow prophets are pre preaching that it's not going to come. And Jeremiah kind of looks like the odd man out. And now Jeremiah, for doing nothing but proclaiming the truth that God has told him to proclaim, is brought into a public place. Probably his shirt is taken off and he's beaten. I mean, sometimes we have to allow that to sink in. The price that some have paid just to preach the word of God. He's beaten. Then the Bible says he's put into stocks. And the way that people were punished in Bible days involved sometimes the putting them in stocks, which again was a, a public shaming because here they are bloodied and beaten and in front of everybody. And the way this, the, the stocks worked is a person would be tied to a twisted piece of wood, a twisted contraption so that their body was kind of in a weird position. And then over time, without water, uh, and because of the, the beating, uh, the muscles would cramp and, and, and ache and pain, and there would be shame, and people would walk by. It was awful. It was awful. So this is all happening to Jeremiah. Uh, he is beaten. He's put in the stocks. The Bible says that we're in the high gate of Benjamin, which was by the house of the Lord. So a gate, obviously, is a place of entry. A gate is a place of exit. And then the Bible says it's by the house of the Lord, which was the, the place that was most trafficked. So what do we have? We have Jeremiah that's being beaten. He is put in a shameful place in the stocks, and he's put in a very public place where many, many people are going to see this. Same thing happened to the Lord when the Lord was beaten in front of that great crowd and the Lord was car carried his own cross down that busy street. We call it the Via Della Rosa. How the Lord was, was crucified at a very main place. This is very similar. Look at verse number three. And it came to pass on the morrow that Pasher brought forth Jeremiah out of the stocks. So, one day he's being beaten, one day he's being shamed, one day he's being publicly humiliated. But the next day, 
Pasher comes and says, okay, let him go, let him go. And, and perhaps the rationale that Pasher had was, okay, I've, I've taught him a lesson. We'll see now that I've beaten him, now that I've shamed him, we'll, we'll see how loud he is now. We'll see how bold he is now. We'll see how judgmental he is now, now that I've taught him a lesson. But watch what happens in verse number three. And it came to pass on the morrow that Pasher brought forth Jeremiah out of the stocks, then said Jeremiah unto him. So here's we're going to see Jeremiah's resolve. We're going to see his faithfulness to the cause of God. Because the Bible says, then said Jeremiah unto him, the Lord hath not called thy name Pasher, but Magor Misabib. Magor Misabib. And what that means is terror or fear on every side. It was a play on words because the, the name Pasher means at peace or peaceful or pleasant. And uh, he says, no, 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 no. Your name is not going to be peace anymore. Your name is going to be fear on every side. Uh, you're going to be afraid. You're going to be in constant uh, angst. Uh, you won't you won't be a symbol of peace, but you'll be a symbol of fear. Wow, what a statement. And, and how bold is that? This is the man that had him arrested. This is the man that had him beaten and had him put in stocks. This is the man that had power to free him, at least governmentally. And what is Jeremiah doing? Jeremiah is saying, let me tell you who you are, Pasher. You're not a man of peace. You're a man that will come to symbolize the fear and the turmoil that will beset this entire city. Wow, you talk about bold. That is bold. Look at what he says in verse number four. For thus saith the Lord, behold, I will make thee a terror to thyself and to all thy friends, and they shall fall by the sword of their enemies, and thine eyes shall behold it. And I will give all Judah into the hand of the king of Babylon, and he shall carry them captive into Babylon and shall slay them with the sword. Hey, Pasher, you think you won a little victory today. You think that uh, you made a point by having me beaten and put in stocks as if you're in control. I'm going to tell you something, Pasher. That's not your name anymore. Your name is Magor uh, uh, Misabib, which means you are a symbol of the terror that will come upon uh, this city and the people that inhabit it. And the people that you call friends, the people that you've tried to impress, the people that are on your team, you're going to watch them die. Your own eyes, you're going to see it. You're going to watch them being taken captive. You're going to go into captivity yourself. You're going to know one day that our God is God. And you may have won a victory in the day, but you have lost the war already. Huh, what a message that, that Jeremiah is preaching against this full-of-himself leader in Jerusalem. Look at verse number five, moreover. So that's a word that's a conjunction that says, and there's more, and there's more. So Jeremiah, he's preaching, and he's on a roll right now, and there's more. So moreover, I will deliver all the strength of this city and all the labors thereof, and all the precious things thereof, and all the treasures of the kings of Judah will I give unto the hand of their enemies, which shall spoil them, and take them, and carry them to Babylon. See this great city? 
See this seemingly stable economy? See all these resources? See these big walls? See these storehouses? Guess what? Meaningless. None of this will stand up against what God will allow against this city. It's a general pronouncement of judgment on the city. It's a reiteration of what Jeremiah had preached at the end of last chapter. But Jeremiah has more to say. Because not only does Jeremiah give a general message to the city, but now he has a very specific message to this man whom he's just renamed, this man, Pasher. Look at verse number six. And thou, Pasher, and all that dwell in thine house shall go into captivity, and thou shalt come to Babylon, and there thou shalt die, and shalt be buried there, Thou and all thy friends to whom thou hast prophesied lies. Pastor, there's coming a day and you're going to be on some prisoner's chariot and some prisoner wagon or on some forced march back to Babylon. And all these people that you have lied to as a leader, all these friends that you've tried to impress, well, you won't be impressing them then. And you're going to go and you're going to see that land of captivity And you're going to go and you're going to see your executioner and you will be put to death. Pasher, you are not a man of peace. Oh, no, Pasher, Uh, you are a man of terror and the terror will be a terror to yourself. You talk about an ultimate example of sowing and reaping. It's right here. What a bold witness. What a bold champion of the word of God is Jeremiah. Now, lest you think that Jeremiah is the superhuman, never gets discouraged, even though you beat him, you just can't get him down kind of guy, I want you to come back next episode because we'll talk about the very human side of Jeremiah, a man that had great boldness in one moment and yet great depression in another. We'll talk more about that next episode. Hope you'll join us for that. God bless you, my friends. Thanks for taking time to listen. If you enjoy Everyday Truth, go ahead and subscribe to the podcast or share it with a friend. Until next time, God bless.